coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good day, Dave. It's always a good day being across from you in, uh, in a podcast, Michael. Yeah, my sentiments. My sentiments. So how are you doing? I'm good. How, how are you? Well, I'll tell you, Dave, uh, this whole COVID thing is, uh, it used to be pretty pretty remote for me. You know, it was just uh, something that was happening in the world, something that's happening in our nation, something that was happening in our state. And I... Uh, just kind of a little removed from it, but uh, my uh, my mother-in-law is uh, has COVID now, and it, it's become really real for me. And I guess I want our listeners to to understand that COVID really does impact uh, that segment of our population, the elderly. Um, they are frightened to come outside, so they're kind of shut in, and most of them are sick with you know, something, a bad hip or arthritis or something. So they end up being the sick, the sick in the shed in. And, um, and I think, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just compelled to, uh, encourage our listeners to find old people in their neighborhood, maybe even in their own families and, and reach out to them because, uh, they're suffering in the midst of this COVID because they can't get out and about. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The uh, When I was coming back from Florida, um, my Uber driver has a mother with dementia. And he said she was okay, kind of stabilizing. And then COVID happened and she wasn't able to get out and do things anymore. And her dementia really picked up speed sure. to the point where, you know, she's not doing well. Because as you're older, you need to move. You need yeah. to do things. You need to stay active and stay engaged. And that whole community is really struggling. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I encourage our listeners to identify uh, an older person and kind of take them in under their wings and and try to improve their, you know, their existence these days. Yeah, and you know, you need, uh, which happens to be the title of our podcast today, you need emotional intelligence to kind of see that, identify it, and and, and jump in. So, you know, what, what would you say is a good definition for emotional intelligence? So... Emotional intelligence might be like pornography. It's hard to define, but you know it when you see it uh, or when you don't see it more often than not. Yep, hope so. Yeah, yeah. You know, a person who lacks emotional intelligence um, from a psychology today standpoint uh, has an inappropriate response to uh, some extent external stimuli. So, you know, if I'm I'm, um, totally devoid of... uh, emotional intelligence and you tell me that uh, your mom has COVID, I might giggle. Okay. And, and you'd say, what's that all about? Well, I don't mean it's funny to me. I just don't know how to respond emotionally. I mean, I, I'm not in touch with that, so I can't control that. And so I have a response, but it's just a wrong emotional response. Yeah, you see that a lot with... Uh 
I mean, I, my my son's like a semi-pro player of this game called Rocket League. Yeah. And some of his friends um, that play, or not necessarily friends that he plays with, but maybe friends on the other side of the screen, the things they do, they say, they they laugh at, just they don't click with what I would normally laugh at. Sure, and sure. they're a little, because that's their whole life. They play video games and they sleep. And so they're so a little they, off-center. They seem to be a little off-center. Um, and and hopefully there's an adult in their lives that speak speaking to them to kind of bring them more toward the center. I mean, I, I love hand-eye coordination. I think that's great. It's great for manufacturing. But uh, you got to make sure with the world today, you need emotional intelligence for a job interview. You need emotional intelligence to be an employer, an employee, a customer, a vendor. Sure. I mean, you need it to be a good friend, a mentor. Uh, you, you just need it. You need it when a cop pulls you over. Absolutely. You know, if you're speeding, not that I speed a lot, but I mean, it's, it's uh, when you go to the grocery store, I mean, it's something we all need it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so as it relates to emotional intelligence, though, it, you know, we want to distinguish it from um, your your intellectual, your IQ. It's called the intellectual component, uh, quotient, I should say. And um, your IQ is what you're born with, and um, there isn't much you can do about it. Uh, but the thing is, your IQ is not an indicator of much of anything. So there are homeless people with really high IQs, and there are people who are very successful who have fairly pedestrian IQs. So mm-hmm. your IQ isn't much of an indicator of anything. What's, what's that book on mindset? Um, it's called Mindset, uh, Carolyn Dweck's book. She actually says you can impact your IQ uh, by by certain testing and certain exposures and certain getting involved in things. Or she said, it's actually not a, it's not a fixed mindset. Your IQ even. Yeah, even your IQ has a whole chapter of talking about that. It was amazing. Wow, wow. I wasn't aware of that. I do know that your EQ is something that you can impact on yeah, a absolutely. basis. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you don't have to settle on, you know, having inappropriate emotional responses mm-hmm. to, uh, to things that happen around you. Yeah, absolutely. So... That's uh, the first thing is to become aware, you know, and I think the quickest way to become aware is that you have a blind spot. And so you need people around you who are speak truth into your life. Yes. You when you have a when you lack emotional intelligence and some. But if you don't have a lot of friends, that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I see. I see today with uh, just the polarization of society. Um, in and just you know we drive we drive a hundred miles each way to see uh, to see a client almost on a weekly basis and just to see people cutting people off and racing through and just uh, you know common courtesies extending common courtesies I see the more I travel and at this point I've been to 49 and 50 states and the more I travel I'm amazed at uh, how common courtesy isn't a thing it's it's like fizzling um, you know, one thing I loved when I first moved to Philadelphia, and you wouldn't think of this in Philadelphia, but uh, my kids' friends would say, Mr. Mr. Capkiewicz, Mrs. Sure, Capkiewicz, sure, hello, and sure. it was you're very polite. And when we walked up to the door, a younger person would open the door, hold the door for us, and that was common. Yes. And a lot of people think Philadelphia, you know, people can be rude, and people can be rude anywhere, just a lot more people in Philadelphia. But I was amazed the standard common courtesies in central Bucks County at the, what we saw there. And that was normal. Then we came here, 
that the, the younger generation doesn't act like that. Not, not at all. I will tell you, uh, I'm talking like I know what the hell I'm saying, but you know, <laughs> that's an East Coast thing. I it think, is. Uh, Seems that way. Northeast, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah Northeast thing, because um, I experienced it too. And, uh, and then I moved out here, and my neighbor moved in. They're from Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but their young fellow comes out and says, hey, Mike. And and it, it felt really weird, like, hey, you're six. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Mike or Mr. Watkins to you, but that's not. As you get further out west, it becomes less and less. It, it's unique. Yeah. It's, it's really unique. And just the difference between the Pacific Northwest to New York City, is it's it's amazing. Oh, I, it'd be a great social study to pull somebody out of the Pacific Northwest, like Portland or Seattle, and drop in the middle of New York City and see how that works. It'll work. You know, yeah. humans are very adaptive. But but really just drilling down on this common courtesy just with one another. I mean, it's it's amazing. And, and we've, we had a podcast early on where we're much more alike than different. All people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all want what's best for our families, our children, our society, we all want what's best for that. As long as we stick to that route, it's not so polarizing. But in today's society, we have never needed more emotional intelligence than now. Yeah, I think we moved from uh, when I was a little kid, uh, children were seen, not heard. Mm -hmm. I'm not not saying those were better times or or that that was more appropriate, but uh, you you know, as as an individual, you were taught from an early age that you aren't that significant. You know, you are, you're here, we love you, but uh, the world doesn't revolve around you. Um, yeah, my dad said, hey, go ahead. You don't do that. I, can, I, I made you. I can make another yeah, absolutely. one. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you understood where you stood. Yeah. But uh, today, I mean, that's not the way kids are raised. Mm-hmm. And then they have the overlay of the uh, social um, media and social tools that are, you know, I, I never could understand why someone would take a selfie and post it and say, look at me. I mean, that that was so foreign to me. But that is, that's very normal. That's I, very normal. I mean, my children are between 20 and 26 years old, and that's, that's not abnormal at all. And it's, uh, what happens when you have a social media type world or a virtual world, which we're really kind of almost pigeonholed into that right now, right? Sure, sure. When you have a virtual world, your world gets from everybody to you it, it just gets smaller your entire world gets smaller it gets to some, about the size of your computer screen right mm-hmm. so if that's your world and you can do everything online get everything delivered to you you can put yourself exactly in the middle of that world where you're in the center of your own universe and you don't need to worry about anybody else because it's about you it's kind of your virtual world right sure and that's, that's that's where that's kind of where things have shifted towards and the tech companies are using artificial intelligence to continue to serve that stuff up to you when you go further and further down that yeah, rabbit hole. They make sure that you're in the center. Yeah, that's yeah. their job, and it's uh, and there's a reason they become the biggest companies in the world. Sure, sure. Yeah, and there's a reason Amazon's making as much money as they are because they're driving. I mean, a few keystrokes, and you can have your groceries if, in two hours. You don't have to get in your car. You don't have to get ready. They'll deliver it to you. Leave it on your front doorstep. And when you don't have that social interaction with people, then you, you're missing the feedback loop, right? Mm-hmm. It's the feedback loop when I say, hey, Dave, if I say something to you and, and um, you're like, whoa, Mike, what is that all about? And then I, I can read in your face that 
that what I said to you didn't land the way I had intended to. Mm -hmm. And so I go, Dave, you know, what I really meant was, and we can talk through it. But, you know, if you don't have the feedback loop, you just say stuff and it just hangs out there. And, uh, and you don't, I think the feedback loop is important for that emotional intelligence growth. But what, what, are, the, what are the implications for business, you think? That you know, I, I think uh, as, as we talk about business, I mean, it's what lens you put on, right? If anybody has glasses, they put their glasses on, they take them off, they see two different things, right? Yeah. Um, or contacts, you want to get, you know, really tactical on that. But uh, if, if it's the lens in which you look at employees, are they there to serve you? Or are they to there to serve the greater good? Uh, it's a lens in which you approach customers. Are the customers there for you? Or are you there for the customer? Sure, sure. And in business, I have, I have experienced this dramatically. When you make business uh, be a customer service and serving an employee, when you make it more about others than yourself, that's truly when business really starts getting some traction. You can get deep roots. You can get employees that stick around for a long period of time. When you mean, hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah. When you say thank you, you sure, know, sure. when it's not about you. Everything doesn't have to be actually a, a very self-serving world where you're in the center of it. It's very lonely. And that's why, I mean, we have tremendous mental health issues today because, yeah. <clears throat> because of this. So I, I think the implications for businesses, we need to understand this as we go out and hire employees. The generations are changing. As the generations are changing, they live in a world that everything can be about them. They may look at you as an employer, as in everything's about me and I'm looking at my paycheck and this is it. And you need to be able to head that off of the pass. You may need to teach emotional intelligence and invest in your employees so they don't speak to one another as individuals, but they speak to one another as teammates. Absolutely. And your customers, once you serve up tremendous customer service, your customers are going to come back. Even if somebody's cheaper than you, they're going to come back because they know they had a great experience with you. I mean, there's tremendous statistics around this. Yes, and, and that employee that uh, not make, who doesn't make it about themselves but makes it about others feels so uh, fulfilled when they, mm -hmm. when they do something for that customer. Yesterday, I was driving to the store. And I was trying to turn into the parking lot for the grocery store, and a fellow was crossing the street, not at a crosswalk, but like in the middle of the boulevard. And he was moving slowly. And as I approached, I could see that actually he had some disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so he got to the island. And I was a little concerned for him because if he slipped off that island, he's going to get hit. So I pulled up and I let down the window and I said, hey, buddy, where are you headed? And he said, just over there. And I said, well, can I drive you there? And he says, no, I'll walk. And I said, okay, well, be careful. And he said, I'm sorry. And I was like, dude, you take your time, you know, yet, you know, don't be sorry. I, I was heartbroken. Um, but I felt so good about, you know, interfacing with humanity that way, right? And when you do that, you know, we can encourage our listeners to practice that emotional intelligence and, and engage with humanity. It's so fulfilling, right? Look, the, the truth of the matter is, is, uh, Society today has never needed this more than what it does right now. And all of us say, you know, society's so big, businesses are so big, every everybody is 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 so big that my little bit my little bit of contribution doesn't matter. Well, you're wrong. 
your little bit of contribution, walking that person across the street, you know, saying hello, going out of your way to smile and open a door for somebody, sure. that's worth it. And, so, and when you do that, and you speak into when you speak into an employee's life, and you guide them in a good direction to where they really come out ahead. I mean, those are things they don't forget. And, and when you help somebody climb the ladder, I've had people in my professional life, especially in the last 10 years, really invest in me sure. to get me to that next level. Those are things that you don't ever forget. And, and those are people that you that you lean on, those mentors you lean on, and, uh, and the things that you deeply appreciate in life. And, you know, life should be rich. It, uh, it is, it's what, when it comes to profits, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to society, but a rich society and rich relationships are when you're investing in the other person. This is a perfect picture of marriage too. When you really go out of your way to invest in the other person, oftentimes, more often than not, it usually comes back to you. Sure. You don't do it for that motive, but the more you're about other people, the more people look at you and say, man, that's somebody I really want to know. And the people that I've turned off in life that I haven't done so well in are usually when it's not like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't fulfill yourself. Others have to fulfill you. So That's right. I like that a lot. So it's this battle and the, the battle we all face is search for significance, right? So, and really at the end of the rainbow in the search for significance, it's really all about others. It's not about yourself. So if you want a business that's flourishing, if you want a family that sticks together, make it about others, drive towards a common goal together and enhance somebody else's life and life will be a lot richer and you'll be a lot happier. Right on, dude. Right on, Mike. We at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.